0: And if you wouldn't mind to take your copy of the Word of God and turn with me to the Gospel Record of John. The Gospel Record of John in chapter number 16. The Gospel Record of John, chapter number 16. We've been doing a series of the Holy Scriptures. And as we've been going through this series we've been taking a week to put a special emphasis on something about the word of God. We took a week to talk about the inspiration of God, how that God gave us the scriptures and talked about the human penment. We took a week talking about the inerrancy and the canonicity and the accuracy of God's word. We took a week talking about the preservation of God's word. And now we're taking a week here to speak about the illumination, the Uh, Last week, we talked about the interpretation of God's Word. This week, we're talking about the Holy Spirit opening up our understanding, the illumination of God's Word, which is separate from preservation. It's separate from inspiration that when we read the Bible, God's not inspiring us, but what he is doing is giving us illumination, opening up our understanding. And if we're going to talk about the opening up of our understanding, we have to understand where our understanding comes from. It comes from the Holy Spirit who lives within us. And we can see the Lord Jesus Christ teaching the first century church this and his disciples starting in the gospel record of John chapter 16. The gospel record of John chapter 16. And if you don't mind, let's start together in verse number 12. John chapter 16. Starting at verse 12, the word of God says this. I have yet many things to say unto you, but... Ye cannot bear them now. Howbeit, when He, the Spirit of truth, is come, He will guide you into all truth. For He shall not speak of himself, but whatsoever he shall hear, that shall he speak, and he will show you things to come. He shall glorify me, for he shall receive of mine, and shall show it unto you. All things that the Father hath are mine, therefore saith I that he will take of mine, and show it unto you. And if you're in the habit of marking things in your Bible, would you mark a phrase that we find in the Gospel Record of John? The Gospel Record of John, chapter 16. And if you don't mind noticing the phrase in verse number 13, where it speaks about the Spirit of truth, He will guide you into all truth. The Spirit of truth, He will guide you into all truth. And maybe we can shorten the title just a bit. The Spirit of truth will guide you into all truth. The spirit of truth will guide you into all truth. Let's go to the Lord together and let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you again for you being a wonderful God. And as we come up to you today and study the ministry of the Holy Spirit in our lives and concerning the Bible, we're asking that you would glorify your own name, that you would get glory, and honor because of this, that we would have a better understanding of how the Holy Spirit and the Bible work hand in hand to speak to our hearts, to illuminate us, and to guide us into all truth. I'm asking that this would be a help to every believer that hears, to see that we must have a complete dependence upon your Holy Spirit, and that you promise through your Holy Spirit to give us understanding of your word. Help us now as we just study this. Put it in order. Fill me with your spirit and glorify your own name through your word. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, of course, as we understand the Bible, that we understand that God has three aspects of him. That there's not three different gods. There's one God, just three different aspects of the same God. We have a triunity God A triune God, one God, three aspects, God the Father, God the Son, and the God the Holy Spirit. Now each three aspects of God have a different function. That's why they're separated out. God the Father is the one who's the creator God who created everything. Jesus Christ is God robed in flesh who dwelt among us. So because of Jesus Christ being in the form of Of man, we have an understanding of who God is, we could better relate to him than we could God. Then, God the Holy Spirit, who has the purpose of working within man to seal him, to protect him, to give us illumination. There's a lot of aspects of the Holy Spirit, a lot of ministries that the Holy Spirit has. We want to take an emphasis as we study the Holy Spirit on one aspect of the ministry of the Holy Spirit, dealing with this idea that the Holy Spirit. Spirit's job is to guide us into all truth. Now because we don't have to make things up or pull them out of air we can actually take the teachings of the Bible specifically of Jesus Christ as he teaches the disciples about the importance of the ministry of the Holy Spirit. We're going to be coming back to John chapter 16 in a second but let's turn to two chapters before. John chapter Eight, number 14 in John chapter number 14 we see some of Jesus Christ taking his disciples remember from John 13 to 17 Jesus Christ is spending time with the disciples after the Last Supper he is speaking to them as they're walking together going to the Garden of Gethsemane where Jesus Christ is going to pray and soon he's going to be arrested now because Jesus Christ is going to be taken away from the disciples and be crucified Jesus Christ is trying to cram- him as much teaching to the disciples as he possibly can and trying to prepare them that the ministry is still going to go on even after Jesus Christ is no longer bodily here on the earth. Now Jesus is going to send another comforter by the name of the Holy Ghost to take the place and when it speaks about another, this word another is another of the same kind that the Holy Spirit is not a cheap replacement for Jesus because he is God. The Holy Spirit's just as good as Jesus Christ, just a different aspect of the ministry. So if you don't mind, let's see as Jesus Christ is teaching about them in John chapter 14. John chapter 14, and notice with me in verse number 16, and the first thing I'd like to show you here is that the Holy Spirit lives within us when we get saved. We have to start at the beginning. The Holy Spirit lives within us when... We get saved. Notice with me John 14 and verse 16. And I will pray the Father, and he will give you another comforter. Remember, I've already explained that word, another. That word, another, is another of the same kind, not another that's different. It's another of the same kind. I will send you another comforter that he may abide with you forever. Even the spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive, because it seeth him not, neither knoweth him, but ye know him, for he dwelleth with you, and shall be In you, Now, one of the main ministries of the Holy Spirit in the life of the believer is to indwell in part of the believer. As soon as someone comes to know Jesus Christ as their personal Savior, the Holy Spirit, who is God, comes to live and indwell inside of your heart. This is just as good, just as if Jesus Christ himself was dwelling within you. It is one of the same kind. And so, to the disciples, as Jesus Christ is being ascended up, when Jesus Christ is in his body. He can only be at one place at once in a physical body. But the Holy Spirit who is God, just as Jesus is, when the Holy Spirit comes, he can dwell in every single one of us at the same time and never leave us. That's a wonderful thing. It's just as if we had Jesus Christ bodily walking with us the entire time. So when Jesus Christ sent the Holy Spirit, it was not a cheap replacement, but it's just as good as Jesus Christ. Now, when the Holy Spirit indwells you, what's all involved in that? Well, if you don't mind, turn with me to the book of Ephesians chapter 1. And yes, we're going to look at several scriptures today, but we want to try to get a complete idea of the ministry of the Holy Spirit, specifically concerning the illumination of the scriptures, making, giving us an understanding. The book of Ephesians chapter number 1 the book of Ephesians, chapter number one. And I'd like to show you what the Bible has to say about the Holy Spirit living within us. Ephesians chapter one. And notice with me in verse number 13. Ephesians chapter one and verse 13. And whom... Ye also trusted, after ye have heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, in which also, after that, ye believed, ye were sealed with that Holy Spirit of promise. So in verse number 13, it says that after you trusted Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, the Holy Spirit, who is God, comes to live and dwell within your heart. Now, nobody can be saved outside of the word of God. Notice this. In whom you have trusted after you have heard the word of truth. Nobody can be saved outside of the word of God. Somebody had to explain to you the word of God, tell you the word of God, show you the word of God for someone to come to know Christ as your savior. After you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, in whom after also after ye believed, ye were sealed unto the day of promise. This word sealed is important. Seals were used by officials to make a a document an official document. In a sense, salvation is a legal document. As the terms are listed, we have to agree to the terms. What are the terms, by the way? The terms are is that because of our sin, we've offended a holy righteous God. And because of our sin, we deserve to go to an awful place called hell. We deserve judgment. We deserve payment. We have to owe God a debt. But Jesus, who died for us, robed himself in flesh, dwelt on this life. He died for us. He was buried in a borrowed tomb. and Then he rose again the third day. And when he rose again, he satisfied the payment that was made. And so here are the terms. We owe a God A debt. But Jesus paid the debt for us. Will I allow Jesus to pay the price for me on my behalf? When I say yes... We agree to the terms. It's now stamped. It's now sealed. It's now official. And the Holy Spirit living inside of me is that seal. It's that proof. It's that evidence that the contract has been agreed by both parties. God has offered the salvation. I've accepted the salvation. The Holy Spirit now has sealed me as an official document. It's now almost like taking a... um, Oh, what are the people who stamp the things? The... Notary. A notary. It's been notarized. It's now official. It's now settled. The Holy Spirit is the proof that the terms have been accepted by both parties. The contract is signed. That's pretty wonderful, isn't it? It goes on in verse number 14, which is the earnest of our inheritance. Now, this word earnest is important here. The main, <coughs> the word earnest is, uh, it deals with business sense. It deals with money. It means that you are mean business. You are honest with this idea. So, if I was going to buy a house, a lot of times they would ask me to give earnest payment. I, they give a big chunk of change to prove that I am serious about my. My idea of purchasing. My idea of buying this house. Well the Holy Spirit is our earnest. It is the evidence that God is going to keep his promise. It shows that he really does mean it. So he gives me the Holy Spirit who lives with inside of me. As proof and evidence that Jesus is going to keep his word. And that he is going to forgive me. He's already forgiven me in my sins. But in the future he's going to take me to live with him. The Holy Spirit is that earnest payment. It is that earnest proof. It is that evidence That God has purchased, again verse 14, which is the earnest of our inheritance until the redemption of the purchased possession, which is us, unto the praise of his glory. The Holy Spirit indwelling in us is the evidence and the proof that God is going to do what he said he was going to do. What a wonderful promise that God has given to us. And so we start off with this idea that the Holy Spirit, once you come to know Christ as your Savior, He lives inside of you. And guess what? Because He lives inside of you, He can now help you with things from day to day. Which brings us to the second thing. The Holy Spirit has the purpose to exalt Christ. The Holy Spirit has the purpose to exalt Christ. So we start off that once we get saved, the Holy Spirit lives within us. Then we also learn that the Holy Spirit has a purpose. The purpose is to exalt Christ. Notice with me in the Gospel record of John chapter 15. Now again, this whole passage of John 13 through 17, Jesus is preparing the disciples to live without Jesus bodily being here. Now because Jesus isn't bodily going to be there, he's sending the Holy Spirit. And so he's taking time to explain to the disciples in chapter 14 and chapter 15 and chapter 16 about what the Holy Spirit is going to do for the disciples and the purpose of the Holy Spirit. We saw that the Holy Spirit's going to indwell in us and does and dwell in us when we accept Christ as a Savior. Then we also learn that the Holy Spirit's purpose is to exalt Christ. Chapter 15, John chapter 15, and notice with me in verse 26. John chapter 15, verse 26. But when the Comforter is come, whom I will send unto you from the Father, even the Spirit of truth, which proceedeth from the Father he shall testify of me. Who's that me there? Jesus. Jesus is speaking. And so as he's talking to the disciples, he's saying, I'm going to send the comforter and he's going to come with you. He's coming from the father. He's the spirit of truth and he comes from God. His job is to testify of me, to exalt Christ. The Holy Spirit was to be a living exegesis or a living explanation and explainer of Jesus Christ. Just like Jesus was the physical revelation of God. Remember that Jesus Christ was the image of the invisible God so we can understand him. The Holy Spirit lives inside of us to explain who Christ is. And as we know Christ, we will know God. The purpose of the Holy Spirit is to exalt, to explain, to give us understanding of Christ. And that the Spirit teaches us to think much of Christ. That's the Holy Spirit's job, is to put emphasis on Jesus Christ. So let's think about this. As we start applying the teaching ministry, the result of the teaching ministry of Christ, or the, the Holy Spirit, is that Christ is glorified. If Christ is not glorified of the teaching and the preaching of God's word, then it wasn't the Holy Spirit that was ministering. You understand that logic that we're having? The Holy Spirit lives within us and the purpose of it is to exalt Christ. And so if it's the Holy Spirit that's explaining, giving us understanding of Christ and explaining the Bible, then when the Holy Spirit explains the Bible, he's going to make much of Jesus. Does that make sense? That's the Holy Spirit's job. Since Christ is only known through the written word, then Christ will be glorified when the word of God is expounded by the power of the Holy Spirit. Does that make sense? I'm not trying to do a leap of logic. I'm trying to bring us along. That if the Holy Spirit's involved and the Holy Spirit's explaining the Bible, then the Holy Spirit's also going to make much of Jesus. Now, it's interesting because that means every Bible message should lift up Christ some way, somehow. Every message should bring up who Jesus Christ is, that we're looking for Jesus. That's what the Holy Spirit's job is, is to go inside of us and say, that's him, that's him. So when you read your Bible and you're reading about David, the Holy Spirit's inside saying, there's Jesus, there he is. When you're reading through the book of Habakkuk, the Holy Spirit's saying, there's Jesus. There's Jesus. When we're looking through the gospel record of John, the Holy Spirit said, there's Jesus. There's Jesus. When the preacher's opening up the Bible inside of you, the Holy Spirit should be saying, there's Jesus. There's Jesus. Not pointing at the preacher, but as the preacher's preaching and the message is going out, the Holy Spirit's backing up. There's Jesus. There's Jesus. That's the Spirit's job. His job is to exalt Christ. And that as the Holy Spirit, it's explaining the scriptures the whole time. The Holy Spirit's exalting Christ. There's Jesus. There's Jesus. Which now brings us to another thing. And where we're going to spend some of our time here. The Holy Spirit shall teach us all things. The Holy Spirit shall teach us all things. As we're still in the gospel record of John. Notice with me in verse 14. And then we're jumping to verse numbers, or chapter 16. Chapter 14 and verse 26. Chapter 14 verse 26. Again. This whole passage here in John, Jesus is trying to explain to the disciples that Jesus is going away, but he's not leaving them alone. He's sending them another comforter, someone who is just the same, and he's trying to explain what the Holy Spirit's going to do in their lives. John 14 verse 26. But the comforter, which is the Holy Ghost, whom the Father will send in my name, he, the comforter, the Holy Ghost, shall teach you all things and bring all things to your remembrance whatsoever I have said unto you. What we see here is that the Holy Spirit's job is to teach us all things. So as the Holy Spirit's exalting Christ, it's going to teach us all things about the Bible. It means you could depend upon God's word and depend on the Holy Spirit. God, you are the great teacher. Teach me all things. Show me what's in the Bible. We could depend upon him. And he's going to bring all these things to our remembrance whatsoever things I've said to you. Now notice with me chapter 16. Chapter 16, verse number 12, which is where we started at before. John 16 and verse number 12. Notice with me if we start this. John 16 and verse 12. I have yet many things to say unto you, but ye cannot bear them now. Now, this is going to be important. We understand that the Holy Spirit is a progressive teacher what does that mean that means that he builds upon our maturity and our obedience to Christ to show us more of god's word and god's will that means that as you grow in Christ the holy spirit's going to show you more and more and more he's not going to show you everything you just get saved and read the bible and all of a sudden you know everything about the bible but instead it's going to be based off of your obedience to God, your seeking after God, your maturity. Some of these things are going to make sense only as you mature, only as you're obedient. The Holy Spirit's going to reveal and build these things upon you. That also means that you'll never stop learning about the Bible. The Holy Sp- There's never a place where you say, I know everything about the Bible. Because as you grow and mature, God's going to show you more and more and more and open up new things. It's going to be an endless well that you could draw from time after time after time again. That as you grow, God will show you things you've never seen before. Let me tell you, the Lord's given me the privilege of reading the Bible over 50 times and still I find things I've never seen before. That's the Holy Spirit the God is revealing, or not revealing, illuminating, showing more things as we go on. And the Bible says here, there are things you can't understand now, but in time you will, and the Holy Spirit will give you more understanding. Notice with me in verse 13. Howbeit, when he, the Spirit of truth, is come, he will guide you into all truth. The word guide means to lead the way. It carries the picture of a pilgrimage and the process of moving forward. So again, here we have this, we have a guide. He's not showing us all the way towards the end. He's showing us the next step and the next step and the next step that the Holy Spirit's guiding us. He's showing us where we go next. He's showing what we need next. He illuminates the next thing. He is opening this up step by step by step. Now notice as it continues to go on. Howbeit when he, the spirit of truth, is come, he will guide you all truth, for he shall not speak of himself. Now again, the purpose of the Holy Spirit is not to exalt the Holy Spirit. May I place a little asterisk here? If you get to a place where they're putting too much emphasis on the Holy Spirit and not any emphasis on Christ, there's something off kilter. Because the Holy Spirit's not speaking of himself. He's not bragging of himself. He's bragging on Christ. There's an order here. The Holy Spirit's there to not speak of himself. But whatsoever he shall hear that shall he speak. And he will show you things to come. Now in here we understand that this is giving a prophecy to the first century church. That God is going to give understanding and revelation To the first century writers, for example, the Apostle Paul, who is in the future at this writing, going to write 14 books of the New Testament. The Apostle Peter writing to the gospel, or that John is going to write five books of the Bible. That these things are still yet in the future, and the Holy Spirit's going to teach and reveal and show them the things to write down. That we have God's pre-approval of the New Testament in this passage here. Verse number 14 He shall glorify me. Now again speaking the Holy Spirit. For he shall receive of mine and shall show it to you. Now again we have this emphasis once again. The Holy Spirit is going to exalt Christ. It's going to lift up Christ. It's going to show this. The Holy Spirit doesn't originate the message. It comes from God. And the Holy Spirit's trying to say there's Jesus. There's Jesus. There's Jesus. So when you read through the New Testament, you should be seeing all the time. There's Jesus. There's Jesus. There's Jesus. Which now brings us to the final thing. The Holy Spirit is the best teacher. The Holy Spirit is the best teacher. With that, turn with me to the book of 1 John. We were in the gospel record of John. Now let's look together in the book of 1 John. 1 John chapter number 2. 1 John chapter number 2. And notice with me the promise that is made, the teaching that is made. And 1 John chapter number 2. 1 John chapter number 2. And notice with me in verse number 27. 1 John chapter 2 and verse number 27. But the anointing which ye have received of him, speaking about the Holy Spirit, abideth in you. And ye need not that any man teach you, but the same as anointing teacheth you all things. And is true and is no lie, even as it is taught you, ye shall abide in him him. So notice this. It's speaking about the Holy Spirit, talking about the Holy Spirit has anointed you, lives within you, that you have no need of any man teach you the same anointed teacheth you all things. And is true. Now, the Holy Spirit is the best teacher. Now, this doesn't mean that human teachers are not needed. Otherwise, why would the Holy Spirit give the gift of teaching? In the context, it's speaking about the spirit of Antichrist. What is the spirit of Antichrist? There's a a teaching or um, a spirit that is out there that tries to not go against Christ. The word anti often carries the idea of replacing Christ. So what they're doing is that there's many people that are teaching a different Jesus than the Jesus of the Bible. And that the Holy Spirit who inside of us can help teach us what is true in the midst where everyone else is teaching a different Jesus than the Jesus of the Bible. And that how do we differentiate the Holy Spirit? What does the Holy Spirit do, by the way? Notice with me in first John chapter four. First John chapter four. Let's see this. First John chapter four. Let's start in verse one. First John chapter four and verse one. Beloved, believe not every spirit, but try the spirits, put them to the test, but try the spirits, whether they are of God, because many false prophets are gone out to the world. Let me pause here. You may be shocked by this, but there are many false prophets in this world. That's a true statement. There are many people who are teaching a different Jesus in the Bible. They're on the radio. They're on the TV. They're on the news. There are many false prophets that are trying to tell you about a different Jesus. How do we find out which one's true? Verse number two. Hereby know ye the Spirit of God. Every spirit that confesses that Jesus Christ has come of the flesh is of God. Now here it's talking about that we line them up with the Bible does it match with the doctrine of Christ found in the Bible? Does this Jesus that they're professing, is it the same as Jesus in the Bible? Well, the Holy Spirit's going to give us understanding on this. Verse 3. Every spirit that confesseth not that Jesus is come in the flesh is not of God. And this is the spirit of Antichrist, whereof ye have heard it should and it even now is already in the world. Ye are of God, little children, and have overcome them. Why? Because greater is he that is in you than is in the world. We've already explained who is in us. Well, if you've accepted Jesus Christ as your personal savior, then the spirit of God, who is God, lives inside of you. Notice now as you have the Holy Spirit inside of you. They are of the world therefore. They speak of the world. And the world heareth them. We are of God. He that knoweth God heareth us. He that is not of God heareth not us. Hereby know we the spirit of truth. And the spirit of error. How? Because of the Holy Spirit who lives inside of us. How does this work by the way? So. Let's say that I stand up and I open up the word of God and I teach the Bible faithfully. Well, you don't have to just to trust my word in it. The Holy Spirit who lives inside of you is going to witness that message and say, That's true. That's true. That's right. That's right. Now, the Holy Spirit who's in us, if you hear someone who is not teaching Jesus Christ, who is teaching a different Jesus, you may not be able to put your thumb on it. You may not be able to put a chapter and verse, but the Holy Spirit inside of you is going to say, there's something not right about that. There's something messed up about that. That's one of the great evidences of the Holy Spirit living inside of us. That's why as a preacher, I don't have to be afraid that if I'm teaching God's word and I'm exalting Christ, that the Holy Spirit's working with me and saying, that's right. That's true. That's true. What a great comfort that is that I'm not up here by my own trying to do a persuasive speech hoping to convince you of something. All I'm supposed to do is preach what God said and the Holy Spirit's going to say that's true. That's right. The Holy Spirit is who we rely on. More than a preacher, we rely on the Holy Spirit to evidence that. We're thankful that God has not left us by ourselves. That he has given us the illumination of the Holy Spirit working within us. Let's see some other passages. 1 Corinthians chapter number 2. 1 Corinthians chapter number 2. Again, we're trying to study the Holy Spirit's job, His ministration inside of the life of the believer. And we're witnessing what the Holy Spirit has done to show us that He is the Spirit of truth and that He will guide us in all truth, that the Holy Spirit is the greatest teacher. He's the one that will open up these understanding for us. The book of 1 Corinthians chapter number 2. 1 Corinthians chapter number 2. And notice if you don't mind, in verse number 1. Now we were just talking about that the Holy Spirit is the one that says that's true, that's true. He backs up the message. Uh, Notice what the Apostle Paul has to say about this under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit in 1 Corinthians chapter 2. Let's start together in verse 1. 1 Corinthians chapter 2 verse 1. And I, brethren, when I came to you, came not with excellency of speech or of wisdom, declaring unto you the testimony of God. Let's pause there. Paul said, I didn't come up to you depending upon how well I spoke. I didn't come with the excellency of speech. I didn't come with trying to give wisdom. That wasn't what I tried to do. Verse number two. For I determined not to know anything among you save Jesus Christ and him crucified. Well, isn't that the purpose of the Holy Spirit? To exalt Christ? He said, I'm not trying to come and show you how smart I am. The only thing I'm trying to do is point up to Jesus Christ. Verse number three. And I was with you in weakness and fear and much trembling. Every preacher boy said amen to that. That when Paul said, I came up to you, I came in weakness I came in fear and trembling as I opened up the word of God to you. I I realized it was not me. It's not my message. I'm just saying what the Bible has to say pointing up to Jesus. Verse number four. And my speech and my preaching was not with enticing words of man's wisdom. But in demonstration of the spirit and of peace power that your faith should not stand in the wisdom of man but in the power of God why because the Holy Spirit is the greatest teacher he said I just did what I was supposed to and I depended upon the Holy Spirit with his power to speak to you and something inside of you to say that's right that's true I'm trusting God not my speech What a wonderful thing that I don't have to try to come up with the exact words to say to you, to convince to you that you say, oh, that's great. My job is just to do what I'm said and expect God to point up the Holy Spirit living inside of each of you to point out the message and say, that's right, that's true. I could trust God to do the great, His work because the Holy Spirit's the greatest teacher, not me. Now this is Paul that's speaking. Paul is saying, I don't want you to trust in my wisdom, my knowledge, my degrees, my study. I want the Holy Spirit to teach you these things. Now that doesn't mean that I don't try to be the best instrument as possible, but he's saying it's not me. I'm trusting God to get his own work accomplished. I can trust God. Notice if you don't mind as we jump down to verse number 9. 1 Corinthians chapter 2 verse 9. But... As it is written, I have not seen nor ear heard, neither have entered into the heart of man the things which God hath prepared for them that love him. But God hath revealed them. What's that them? The things that we haven't seen, that we haven't heard, that I can't explain in my my own way. But God hath revealed them unto us by his Spirit. For the Spirit searcheth all things, yea, the deep things of God. Isn't that a wonderful thing? That I, my job is just to preach God's word and the Holy Spirit opens it up. That as I'm preaching and you have a desire to hear from God, the Holy Spirit's inside opening these things up, giving you illumination. I don't have to trust my own experience, my own wit, my own power. I know that this is working in concert that the Holy Spirit speaking to you. By the way, this is why it should be that you're as much of a Spirit-filled listener as I am a Spirit-filled preacher. That you should be dead to self and depending upon God's Spirit and God the Holy Spirit will open up things even more to you. What a wonderful thing. It's not me. Every person who preaches, this is such a relief. Every Sunday school teacher, this is a relief. It's not me. It's Christ. We could trust His Holy Spirit to do His own work. I'm not up here by myself. And I don't have to depend on them. No wonder. Again, I'm going to put little um, cameras up just to see what you guys look like when I preach. Let me tell you, it's a wonderful thing when the Holy Spirit's speaking and the light bulbs come on, and I say, The Holy Spirit's working. They're getting understanding from it. It's not me. The Holy Spirit's working. What a wonderful thing. I could trust Him. Verse number 11. For what man knoweth the things of a man save the Spirit of man which is in him? Even so, the things of God knoweth no man but the Spirit of God. That's a true statement. I'm not smart enough to figure out what to say. The Holy Spirit is the one that reveals these things. Now we have received not the spirit of the world, but the spirit which is of God. And that we might know the things that are freely given unto God. Which things also we speak, not in the words which man's wisdom teacheth, but which the Holy Ghost teacheth comparing spiritual with spiritual. It's the Holy Ghost that teaches, not me. I'm just being used. It's not my wisdom. I'm not trying to get things accomplished. By the way, this is another argument of why we should use the very words of scripture to explain instead of me trying to come up with some cute way to try to express truth. Just let God do his own work. Verse 14, but the natural man this natural man is someone who's not saved. Now remember, when you come to know Jesus Christ as your Savior, the Holy Spirit comes to live within inside of you. The natural man does not have the Holy Spirit inside of him. Therefore, he is also missing the great teacher. Verse number 14, But the natural man receiveth not the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness unto him, neither Can he know them? Because they are spiritually discerned. Someone who is not saved, they could come to a church service like this. And whereas the light bulb's coming on to everyone else, the lost person is going, what? I don't understand a single thing. And the reason why is not because the preacher is not a good preacher. It's because the Holy Spirit doesn't live inside of him and he's not opening up things to him. He's missing the great teacher. Now again, this is a comfort to everyone dealing that if you're saved and we're preaching the Bible, the Holy Spirit can make things clear, make things understandable. It also gives us discernment when people come in church service. "Ah, There's something spiritually wrong. Because if we're teaching the Bible, then the Holy Spirit's side of you, if you're depending on him, is opening things up to you. The Bible is very clear on this. The Holy Spirit is the great teacher. The Holy Spirit is here that we might know the things that are freely given us to God. But those who are not saved, they're not going to understand these things. Now, as an application discernment from here, many well-meaning people have attempted to bypass the Holy Spirit by presenting new translations of the Holy Word of God. Now, again, why are they giving those, the well-meaning people? Well, they said the people can't understand it. So, therefore, let's try to change the language to make it easily understood. The problem is, is not the language. The problem is, is that they don't have the Holy Spirit to understand. You don't need an updated language. You don't need an updated Bible. You need the Holy Spirit who could teach you all things. And the Holy Spirit could do a great job teaching us these things. Any person can understand the authorized King James Version if they're willing to be right with God and allowing God to give us understanding because the Holy Spirit that lives inside of us, Holy Spirit's the one that's supposed to teach us. The Holy Spirit's the one we can depend upon this. Now, I'm trying to give you encouragement that every time you go to read your Bible, if you say, God, the Holy Spirit, give me understanding, he will give you understanding someone says, well, I can't understand the Bible, then ask the author who wrote the Bible. Can the author easily tell you why he wrote it? Yes. And guess what? The author is living inside of you. And every time you come to open to preaching, you could say, Holy Spirit, will you open my understanding? Will you show me things of you? And the Holy Spirit will, that as long as the Bible is open, it doesn't matter how the preacher may be. It could be some young kid who's never done it before who's standing trembling and saying, oh please I can just get five minutes in. As long as he opens up the word of God we can expect God to teach us something and open it up. It doesn't matter if it's someone who's long in the tooth and just you know just barely trying to keep his mind together. As long as he's opened the Bible the Holy Spirit can do a work. We're not talking about how great of an oratory he is. Even though we do want to try to be the best instrument available, we're depending on the Holy Spirit of God. It's the Holy Spirit that opens up to stuff. It's the Holy Spirit that tells us about Christ. The Holy Spirit is the best teacher. Now, I'm trying to give you some hints because every once in a while, there may be someone who comes in and says, preacher, I'm just not being fed. Well, it's not a preacher problem. It's a Holy Spirit problem. If you are looking at the scriptures and the Bible is open, God will teach us something. Because that's the Holy Spirit's job. We can be thankful that the Holy Spirit who lives inside of us is the great teacher. So what do I do with such a message? First of all, if everything that I just preached to you is nonsense, let me tell you something. You need to have the Spirit of God living inside of you. If you don't know Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, now is the time to get it. It is a free gift. It would be our great privilege to show you from the Bible how you can know without a doubt that your sins are forgiven and have the Spirit of God living and dwelling within you. For those of you who are saved, if you have any kind of love for the Word of God, what you could do is say, God, open up the Bible." And when you do it tomorrow morning to do your daily Bible reading, God can open it up. Every time the preaching is open, you need to have your heart prepared and say, God, teach me something from your word. And then you could take the pressure off the preacher because it's not the preacher's job. The preacher is just supposed to be obedient to God. It is the Holy Spirit's job to open these things up. What a great thing that we could depend on God to do his own work. This is maybe something that you haven't heard quite like this before. Maybe it's a reminder, but I want to encourage you that the Holy Spirit, he is the best teacher.